You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 2, recorded the week of September 21st, 2020. Welcome to Customer Perspective. This is our Ipsos podcast series aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. So we're for customer experience practitioners, leaders of CX measurement and management programs, mystery shopping. We're for those of you who are responsible for the performance of sales and service channels or functions and their role in delivering customer success. Basically, if you fit into any of those buckets, then we'd love you to join us on Customer Perspective. So I'm Helen Wilson. I'm the CXO for our Ipsos CX and channel performance business. And I'm back with Trevor Clark. Hey, Trevor, it's lovely to be sharing the chair with you again. Actually, that would have to be a double chair, maybe a sofa. It's lovely to be sharing the sofa with you again. Yes, indeed. Hi, Helen. Good, good to have you back. So we're here with episode two of season two. And you'll remember that last week we had Matt Cahill from McDonald's. Um, Trevor, listening in, you must have um, you must have been impressed with uh, that as a starting guest. He was fabulous, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. So impressive. What really resonated with me was his comments where they can use their predictive analytics to be so specific in terms of their CX objectives. Um, and with that in mind, I thought it'd be a great idea to get JF back to go into more detail on that subject of predictive analytics and lining up with business objectives. So to be fair, Trevor, you're probably uh, pretty much an expert yourself on this topic. But but anyway, (laughs) let's get JF on since we've invited him on. So JF, um, some of you might remember, he is Jean-Francois Damet. He is our CX Global Chief Research Officer. He actually came in early in on season one, I think it was, I think, episode four. He came in to talk about CX forces, our Ipsos CX framework, the building blocks, relationship strength. But obviously, this is one of his absolute areas of expertise. So, Jeff, we are delighted to welcome you back. Thank you, Helen, and uh, great to be back. Thanks for having me again. Uh, It's a pleasure to to be here to talk about um, Roxy. That's really what we're going to be talking about today is fundamentally, in very simple terms, about the link between CX success and the financial performance of organizations. We call it Roxy, so delivering a return on CX investment. But before we go on to talk about how, Jeff, can you just start by explaining what we actually mean by this, please? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I'll start with just a little bit of context. I think we all um, intuitively know that CX is an increasingly powerful driver of brand choice and loyalty. Um, you know, it's it's far more than a process. It's a it's a great opportunity to drive an emotional connection with customers, which can lead to stronger, longer-lasting, and more profitable relationships. So, Roxy is a central concept uh, in the sense that every sort of strategic improvement initiative should be delivering a return, a return on customer experience investment, and in CX. Some of some of the key outcomes or customer outcomes that we are looking to drive to achieve that return are, for example, retention, uh, which is all about you know um, keeping our customers for longer amounts of time, trying to recover customers that are at risk of uh, at risk of defecting. Uh, it's also about driving advocacy, 
um, you know, trying to get customers to recommend our brand. Um, it's about trying to drive share of spend, so customers um, choosing a brand more often. And also, it's about driving operational efficiency, so trying to reduce waste um, and trying to achieve, you know, the same outcomes with uh, possibly an optimized investment. So, that's Roxy. And in simple terms, Roxy modeling um, uses predictive analytics to quantify the link between survey KPIs and business or financial outcomes, typically coming from um, the CRM database. Um, and it provides evidence to justify expenditure and to make the customer experience a higher priority in the organization. So that's the first step, really, to try and, and quantify that link between survey KPIs, um, which means CX performance, and financial performance. But of course, once the link between the KPIs and, and revenue has been established, the next step is to identify the, the, the key CX levers or drivers that can have the highest impact on revenue. Uh, and the goal of doing that is to optimize uh, resource allocation to drive uh, maximum return. We know that CX matters. And we know that when organizations get it right, they really get the rewards, they get the return. But we still see many organizations struggling or failing to get it right. What, what's your take, JF? Where, where are they going wrong? Well, I think it'd be fair to say that um, you know, successfully managing the customer experience is a challenge. Um, there are several challenges uh, when it comes to deploying successful um, CX improvement programs. So, for example, it's, you know, organizations need to design the right measurement ecosystem to better listen to customers. And these days it can be a challenge because we have more touch points, more channels, there is data on social media. So really getting that measurement right is a challenge. Uh, it's also about choosing the right KPIs. You know, how do we measure success? How do we measure failure? Um, and also beyond KPIs, it's also having the right set of diagnostics to measure what matters, when it matters. Uh, and there are other challenges. But I think, to come back to our topic, one of the most fundamental pitfalls is the inability to create a compelling case for change. Um, if you want a prerequisite for any um, successful CX initiative is the alignment of the whole organization around the importance of CX and its purpose. But um, we need to demonstrate um, the importance of CX. And this is really where Roxy Modeling comes in. Uh, it really helps us uh, to put a value on CX improvements, and that can help us to unlock resources and trigger action. And, and just to be a bit more concrete, you know, Roxy Modeling can help us answer questions such as, you know, what is the value associated in, um, you know, to improving my KPI by 10 percentage points, for example, or um, how much money can we really save if we improve first call resolution by 10 percentage point? Uh, or different amount. Um, or another question that could be, how high do we need to go? Uh, you know, are there uh, points of diminishing returns, for example? So these are tangible sort of questions that uh, Roxy Modeling can, can answer uh, and that can really drive um, values through the organization. So then let's, let's think about that case for change. Can you take us through the process of what organizations should be doing to create a, a case for change in their, within their organization? Absolutely. And I think the, the, the first step is really um, about defining 
um, you know what value looks like, or defining what the object, what the objectives of the of the project would be. So I think it's it's very important to start with that step to understand what is the desired outcome that we want to drive. So how, in other words, how does value look like? And you know it's likely to vary depending on the sectors, depending on on, on the organizations that um, that we're looking at. But in some cases, it's it's very clear. Um, in others, it's, it's probably a little bit more um, convoluted. So some organizations can focus on reduce, reducing churn, for example, and, and therefore increasing retention is the target viable. In other sectors where possibly competition for customer spend is fierce, then in that case, driving share of spend is is a strategic objective that they're trying to achieve. Um, in sectors where recommendation plays a key role in customer acquisition, then of course driving advocacy is, uh, is crucial. But you know there are there can be other benefits. There can be other definitions of value um, associated to improving customer experience. It can be about improving processes to reduce cost. And it could even be about increasing staff morale, increasing motivation. So I think, you know, we really need to think about how what value looks like and starting, you know, to frame the objectives of projects around that. Then I think it's about aiming for a robust framework. Um, you know, there are many sort of ROI models in the CX space, and and, and some of them, uh, not all, rely on, on 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 flimsy assumptions. So you know, you can you could literally very simply compare the current value of promoters and detractors, or satisfied versus dissatisfied customers, and then extrapolate from there to a number. Uh, which we feel is probably not robust enough, and that could actually send organizations down the wrong path when it comes to major uh, investment decisions. So, I think CX experts need need to be sure, as we said at the beginning, and um, and relying on on metrics that, for example, capture stated behavior intentions can be misleading. So that's another sort of uh, pitfall. Um, we see models relying on stated intention, and we believe that best practice includes looking at actual behavior change um, to really quantify the impact and, and you know, the, 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 the revenue growth associated to improving CX. So what we'd like to, to have access to is longitudinal behavioral data to model actual change in behavior and revenue growth. Um, the other sort of uh, best practice sort of item would be to also think about what additional factors might be at play here. In other, in other words, we need to integrate uh, survey and financial, but also any sort of additional operational or behavioral data uh, to really sort of capture any factors that might impact revenue beyond attitudinal loyalty. So really we're going towards a, a data integration approach um, that, uh, that, that, that is more likely to bring uh, robust uh, results. So could could you take us through what steps organizations need to take to get ready for that type of Roxy analytics? Yes. So, I mean, to start with, as I mentioned before, it's all about defining objectives, having clarity around what success metric, uh, what value looks like, ideally getting alignment um, across the organization uh, to make sure that the, the, the definition that we've um, that we've set on is the right one, that it's, it's how we define success in the organization. So once we've identified um, that sort of outcome variable, then it's all about engaging with various stakeholders to try and identify what data we have access to 
um, to sort of measure that metric, that, that outcome. So um, typically it can involve uh, discussing with people who manage customer relationship uh, databases. Um, and uh, so then we have, we start to have a, 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 a good starting step to uh, to do the analysis. Um, then we also need to define how we link the data. Quite often we can link um, survey data and, 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 and behavior data at customer level. Uh, but in other situations, we can um, link the data at what we call unit level. So in other words, it can be um, data linkage done at store level, at branch level, at dealer level. But we need to link that data. Mm-hmm. And once we've linked that, the two different data sources, then that's where the statistical modeling uh, part comes in. Uh, we can quantify um, uh, the impact of improving the survey KPIs onto financials. And then I think very importantly, um, I think it's about going to uh, uh, another level. It's about identifying the key drivers of customer experience on the survey data and then looking at their impact on the KPI and then looking at the impact on revenue growth. And that can be really useful to not only make a business case for CX improvement, but also to uh, have some input in terms of how to optimize, you know, the action planning and to really identify the priorities for action that are most likely to drive the, the highest return. And then, of course, once we've done that, we can create a, a, a range of deliverables. Some of that can include creating, you know, interactive what-if simulators that can enable the right stakeholders to model, um, you know, the impact of various scenarios on, on, on revenue. So that, that's really helpful to understand the, the steps that we go through in terms of building the analytics. What, what steps should organizations be doing with such a powerful financial modeling? Um, yes, so I think that's all about uh, deployment of, of, the, of the outputs. I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of work involved. Um, in carrying out that kind of analysis. Um, and, you know, the outputs can be a, a powerful call to action for organizations. But I think the, 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 the key here is that the, finding, the findings need to be uh, tailored to the needs of various stakeholders to generate impact. So, you know, we've worked with a range of clients and uh, we've adapted our, our outputs. So I would say that for, um, you know, C-level type of stakeholders, I think it needs to be about um, clear headlines um, and, and, and really like summary analysis that can really demonstrate the power of, of Roxy and understand where to focus our efforts. So sometimes we've used, you know, infographics, uh, we've used um, videos um, to really try and summarize and the content of that information uh, into very clear headlines. Um, but, you know, we also can provide outputs for uh, what we call like CX strategists uh, so that people, you know, who are maybe a little bit more into data uh, and for that, so that's uh, what I mentioned before. So we, for many of our clients, we've actually created what we call interactive what-if simulators. And that can be very useful for the right sort of stakeholders um, to create action plans to assess, you know, um, the potential impact associated to uh, improving or decreasing, you know, various aspects of CX. So in other words, you can create scenarios uh, and then you can actually look at, you know, the impact. What you can do with the simulator as well is to include um, you know, cost considerations. So you can also include, um, you know, the relative sort of cost of improving different aspects so that you get mm-hmm. to a true sort of cost benefit analysis uh, that gets really close to what we call that return. And finally, we also, I don't think we should forget frontline uh, employees. And uh, for this kind of stakeholders, I think 
it's more about training and communicating to generate alignment. Uh, it's about, you know, empowering them and having a very clear messaging uh, to really uh, make them realize the importance that they have in the overall sort of service profit chain. Jeff, what I really like about that is that you've taken something that we've talked about beforehand in somewhat conceptual terms and helped us walk through the steps that are involved. So I've found that a really helpful way of looking at it, you know, right through from the kind of things that Matt was talking around, around the specificity of the end goal, right through to having produced incredibly powerful information and then working out how you can actually share that within the organization so thank you for that it really was helpful to listen to um trevor at at the outset i alluded to the fact that you're doing a lot of work in this space with your clients and obviously we've got jf now to walk through the steps and give our listeners an idea of the kind of things that they might need to considering when they're considering this type of of, uh, cx work what kind of questions are your clients coming to you with one important question is how high is high enough? So this is coming from a, a client that um, have a quite a mature CX program. They've had a customer experience program in place for many years. They've been making progressive improvements, stepwise improvements in their overall key metric scores. And they get to a point where they have very high scores. And so it's, it's a reasonable question to come back and say, how, how how high should it go? What's what's the top expectation? Um, and so Roxy was really helpful in terms of when we connect those answers through to the financial metrics, it makes the business decisions easier when we can see the actual financial impact. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very important question. Um, you know, we're talking about um, – you know, um, optimizing investment to maximize return. And I think to some extent it links to target setting. And that question that your client um, has is actually a question shared by quite a few clients. And we've done that done that kind of analysis for a range of clients um, in different sectors. Um, you know, setting performance targets that directly link to revenue, I think, is the ideal. So you're putting your performance targets um, in relation to the revenue increases that you might get at various stages in the, in the, in the performance uh, spectrum. And that does include, as you said, considering diminishing returns to optimize investment and maximize that return. There is quite often uh, a point above which there is no significant incremental value to be gained. And actually, in, in, you know, once we've identified that sort of that, that point, then if we are reaching that point, then the target should be to maintain performance as opposed to try and drive, um, you know, that performance further. Of course, you know, that can vary by, um, by you know, even within a, a, a client that can vary uh, by business units. I mean, we've worked with several clients and we found that for, for some of their business units, they had achieved, um, a, you know, a satisfaction level or a level of CX performance um, that was like reaching that level of diminishing return. For, so for, for, for those business units, you know, the target was to, to keep to that level, to maintain that level. But at the same time, they had other business units uh, where, you know, performance was lower and we could still see like that they had, they, there was room to improve the CX and that improving the CX would still generate returns. So I think it's important to look at that also for various business units, taking into account the relative performance of the different business units um, in the organization. Another question that clients have asked 
is about where to put their effort. And so this client has been focused on delivering exceptional customer experiences, and they really focus on scores of tens. And in, in their space, the seven and eight scores have been the low hanging fruit. So they spend a lot of time addressing what can they do to nudge customers towards a top score, towards a 10. And their question to us was, is this the right strategy? Are they missing a focus on reducing the very low scores? They're smaller in proportion, but what is the financial impact of reducing very low scores? Yeah, I mean, I think that's quite a a, a fairly fundamental question. Um, And again, you know, the... um whether there's more financial sort of gain or um, associated to driving that sort of delight or whether you're better off actually focusing on reducing dissatisfaction or uh, uh, then I think it will depend again on on the, on, on, on the nature of the customer base, on how likely customers are to respond to particular um, sort of customer experience situations. But um I think it's 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 essential to do that type of analysis, and actually we can do that as part of the Roxy modeling solution. And actually, as part of a recent project, uh, we actually compared uh, the financial return associated with improving high scores or the percentage of great experiences versus uh, the impact associated with reducing um, the uh, the low scores or the percentages of, of poor experiences. And in that particular case, actually, we found that 1% reduction in poor experiences uh, equated to um, 75 million um, pounds, because it was in the UK in future sales, whereas uh, a 1% gain in great experiences equated to 45 million uh, increases in future sales. So in that particular case, uh, we found that there was more gain associated to focusing on reducing poor experiences. But once again, you know, this is likely to vary uh, depending on the sectors, but I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very important question. And I think doing that analysis enables you to understand uh, where to focus your efforts in priority. And so helpful when you, when you describe it like that and you can connect the change in scores to an estimated change in, in revenue is so helpful for decision making. Jeff, what I want to do is just to say thank you for taking a subject that we talk about so much, this whole concept of the the link between customer experience success and the financial performance of an organization. And reality is it's a highly complex area requiring seriously advanced analytics. But what you've enabled us to do is to just walk through the practicals of what um, our listeners might need to consider when they're looking to achieve that, which Matt described in terms of actually driving very, very specific business performance goals. So thank you. You've really helped um, bring clarity to a very complicated subject. I know you're in the midst of writing a paper about this this very subject, and that will be available in the next uh, few weeks. So we'll be sure to share that with listeners. Uh, in the meantime, obviously, if um, any of you who are listening have any questions for JF or indeed for Trevor, please do get in touch with us. You know, usually email address, customerperspective at ipsos.com. We're here to answer your questions. And of course, if you'd like to read uh, more generally about Ipsos in the realm of customer experience, just head to ipsos.com and you'll see uh, our latest releases there. But in the meantime, as I say, thank you very much, Trevor. Lovely to have you back. Thank you very much, JF. It's a pleasure also to have you back. And we look forward to bringing you our next podcast next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. 
New episodes will be made available each week, so be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.